And let's continue in the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to finish up chapter 10 tonight, Lord willing. As we look at Proverbs concerning rulers. Again, remember this section here. We started at verse 1 of chapter 10. And it goes on through here. that He's using a, well the whole thing's a Hebrew poetry, but he's using a real proverbial style and expressing these truths. And he continues to do so in these verses as he gives us some truths about rulers. So let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, starting at verse 16, and we're going to look down to verse 20. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, starting at verse 16. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child, and thy princes eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. By much slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Curse not the king, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. Yes, that last verse is where we get another expression, a little birdie told me so. Several people have been pointing out as we've been going through this of how many phrases we have in the English language that come from Scripture. You know what the sad thing is? Most people have no idea where they come from. But that's not the message. The message is about Proverbs concerning rulers, and here's the points that I want us to see tonight. First, we will notice the rulers should be wise. There used to be a day when that would go out without saying, but anyhow, moving on. Secondly, we observe that a ruler should be diligent. Then lastly, we must guard our speech and thoughts in regard to rulers. So let's ask the Lord for his guidance, please. Father, again, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for this opportunity to come together to pray. And now, Lord, I pray as we study your word again, you teach us and help us to remember our responsibilities. Lord, those that are in a position of authority as they lead others, and Lord, that those of us that follow those in authority, that we would have the proper respect, and we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Rulers should be wise. It's interesting because I'm preparing for the next class in the Bible Institute, and I was going to do a shorter one since our last one has ended up really long. And as I was thinking about teaching a logic class, how to reason, how to think, I remember one of the videos last time I taught the class that I used was Congressman, I think his last name is Johnson, given this argument that about uh, to this admiral about Guam when they were going to move all the extra Marines there. And he's like, so my fear is if we put all those extra people on the island that it's going to tip over and capsize and even twist himself like that. Remember that? And the admiral's sticking his finger in his eye so he doesn't laugh. I think the admiral must be blind by now, but anyhow. I don't know if he meant it as a joke. He claims later he did, but it really didn't sound very joking when he said it. It sounded like he was serious about it. You know, Guam is on a volcano, and it's attached to the floor of the ocean. It's not going to tip over and capsize. <laughs> the idea, though, it didn't sound very wise when he said it. 
So when it says, Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child and thy prince is eaten in the morning, your child is not referring to age, but more the maturity of the individual. Now, it is typical that young people do not have the same maturity as older people, correct? Although I have met older people that still are worse than kids. And some young people really do excel. How about Josiah? 2 Kings 2, 1 and 2 say, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. Now that's pretty young. And he reigned 30 and 1 years in Jerusalem. And then it goes through about his lineage. And then it says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of David his father and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Now, Josiah did have some adult counselors with him, but guess who was king? The people were answering to the eight-year-old Josiah sitting on the throne. So we've got to be careful that we always make the assumption that age dictates one's maturity level. Or maturity, if you're one of those who say it that way. I say maturity. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. Whatever, okay? The maturity of the individual is not necessarily determined by their physical age. We could look at older rulers who made really bad decisions. Again, we can look at the kings of Israel and some of the kings of Judah. And we don't, you know, for an examples, uh, I think of Rehoboam, who was not exactly the youngest guy. I forget how old he was when he took the throne, but he would be considered an adult. Still, acted very dumb. But Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 3, 4, and 5, I will give children to be princes, and babes shall rule over them, and the people shall be oppressed, every one by, uh, by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and base against the honorable. And that's the idea that Solomon is trying to portray here, is that a child in wisdom, or one that is foolish, in other words, Reigning is not a good thing. I think we see plenty of examples of that. We don't have to go list the names, right? The foolish ruler makes decisions based on his personal desire and not for the benefit of the people. Let me say that again. Foolish rulers make decisions based on personal desire or personal gain, not necessarily what is best for the people to whom they're supposed to serve. We also see, though, and I've seen this in here in North Carolina, where sometimes legislators want to try to help a situation, so they think, ah, we should write this law. But they don't involve the people whom the law is going to affect, and it ends up still being a very foolish law. I'll give you one instance. So remember when it was real popular to defund the police, okay, which I guess is still happening. But North Carolina wanted to help protect the law enforcement of North Carolina. Great idea. So a law was written, or a bill was written, that said if you fluctuate a certain percentage of the money that you allocate for law enforcement in your municipality or county or whatever, that you would be considered having defunded the police and there was going to be 
penalties and whatever against you, okay? The problem is, it sounds good on the surface, but what wasn't thought of is actually calling law enforcement and saying, how would this actually look in reality? Because you see a small municipality that has maybe three officers, if one of them quits, they, 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 they're spending less on law enforcement by a greater percentage than would be they'd be considered having defunded the police. You see what I'm saying? It wasn't considered that end of that. And it actually would have affected us here in Havelock because one one year we might buy, you know, this many vehicles and next year we might buy this many and it would be enough percentage to create that fluctuation. So my point being this. Wisdom would say, hey, we need to do something to help fix this situation. Let me pick up the phone and how about I call the sheriff and how about I call a couple of chiefs of police and say, how would this actually look? How would this actually work? Well, that wasn't done. They just say, we got the answer. We're going to write it on paper. And then when we find out, we're all up there saying, hey, by the way, that's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. In other words, we need to apply wisdom in our decision making. So it says, Woe unto thee, O land, when thy king is a child, and thy princes eat in the morning. You're like, what does that mean? Does it mean they all have to skip breakfast? No, that's not what the Bible is saying, okay? What it means is that the morning is when business of the kingdom was to be carried out, especially the time of judgment. Jeremiah 21, 12 says, O house of David, thus saith the Lord, execute judgment in the morning, and deliver him that is spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor, lest my fury go out like a fire, and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. So the idea is, work now, play later. Get the work done in the morning instead of having a big banquet in the morning. But it shows that some, the fools, will put their pleasure above duty. They put pleasure above duty. Isaiah 5.11, Woe unto them that rise up in the morning, that they may follow strong drink and continue until night, until a wine inflame them. So, let's go back now with that understanding. Woe unto thee, O land, when thy king is a child, as in a foolish one, and thy princes eat in the morning, in other words, they're more self-indulgent instead of taking care of business. They're more worried about their own pleasures, okay? But then it goes on. Blessed art thou, O land, when the king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. So blessed has the idea of happy. So happy is the nation that has a wise ruler. The son of nobles refers... Again, not so much to a bloodline as it does the nobility of deeds of one who is virtuous. In other words, a wise king. When the righteous are in rule, the people rejoice, right? When the fools are ruling, the people mourn. So, the idea being not so much a bloodline, because... Okay, when we go through the kings of Judah, we have the bloodline of David, right? But were they all good kings? No. Now, some were, some weren't. But the ruler who is wise will do things decently 
and an order. In other words, they're going to relax after business is taken care of. So they eat in due season. So in other words, again, it's not about skipping breakfast. It's about getting up, getting to work, getting the job done, and then put your feet up and relax, right? We live in a society today that will put their feet up and relax, and then at the end of the day wonder why they didn't get anything done. But also, a good ruler, a wise ruler, is going to practice moderation. So look at the end of the verse. For strength and not for drunkenness. In other words, they eat to live, not live to eat. In other words, their meals are not just a big gluttonous drunk fest. Because again, that would be a sign of foolishness, would it not? Proverbs 31, verse 4 it is not for kings, Olamuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. So we see that rulers should be wise. Well, Christian, you and I have the responsibility then of figuring out who's the wisest candidates to put in office. But then secondly, rulers must be diligent. By much slothfulness, debilitating decayeth, and through idleness of the hands, the house droppeth through. Anybody ever see a sloth? Not exactly the fastest creature. <laughs> it's funny, I was talking to somebody recently. And you that are here from the South, we love you very dearly. But those are from the north are going to understand what I'm saying. It is a different pace of life here than it was in the north. Am I right? And so this person asked me, he goes, how do you deal with it? He goes, I get to work and I just want to get everything done. But my crew is just like, yep, we're here, you know, and <laughs> we'll get the work done. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I said, that's a very hard one to answer because I really don't know how to. Other than I said, look. I said, I did come to this conclusion. They're not lazy. They just aren't in a hurry to get it done. <laughs> but even not the government employee, just, it's just a general southern thing versus a northern thing. Okay, initially I thought it would look like slothfulness. I have met some real good hard workers around here. My son tells me to their defense, because we actually just had this conversation. He says to their defense, Dad, it's hot down here, so we just pace ourselves. I said, good enough. <laughs> Proverbs 6.10, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. You know, just we're talking about the one that truly is lazy. If it should have been done yesterday, it can wait till tomorrow. You know, they're not in a hurry. They're not going to get it done. They just don't care. Well, what's that tend to? Things start to fall apart. They get ahead of you. When I first got here, I was told that the maintenance schedule for these buildings were pretty much, hopefully the rapture will happen soon and we won't have to fix it. And I will say the buildings look like it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> to where, when I went in the attic, this is no lie, my kids will remember this, went up in the attic and there were actually buckets to catch the rain that came through the roof <laughs> in the attic. That's how they dealt with it. That in my opinion, was what this is talking about. The structure starts to deteriorate. When it says building, it has the idea of the beam work or the rafters. 
You know, you get a leak in the roof, guess what's going to start to happen? It's going to get the wood underneath it wet. And eventually, that wood's going to say, I give up, and it's going to fall down on you. Well, so a lazy roller does not take care of the business of the land. Jamison, Fawcett, and Brown put it this way. Instead of repairing the breaches in the Commonwealth, equivalent to the buildings, the princes make a feast for laughter, and wine maketh their life glad. But money supplieth all things, that is, they take bribes to support their extravagance, and hence arise the wrongs that are perpetuated. They take bribes so they can pay off what they want to do. By much slothfulness, the building decayeth, and through idleness of hands, the house droppeth through. A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Hey, you got enough money, you can buy whatever you want, including politicians. Isn't that not what they say? Unfortunately, it's true. So many times, you want to know why decisions were made that you think are like, what in the world? Who would ever even think of that crazy idea? Follow the money, you'll figure it out. These rulers are concerned with their luxury and pleasure and do not heed the business of the land. They take bribes instead of executing justice. They have corrupted judgment. Isaiah says this in Isaiah 1.23, Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loveth gifts and follow after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. I'll bring it up again because most of you we're here and remember House Bill 2 that was to stop Charlotte from allowing men in the women's room. And all of a sudden, Amazon wasn't going to come to North Carolina. The NBA was going to do boycott us or whoever. All these other things. We're going to boycott North Carolina. And I remember sitting in the room with the chief of staff of the Speaker of the House, and he said, it's just become such a financial disaster because of this, he said this to a room full of preachers. I have never seen preachers almost lose their sanctification as I saw that day. I'm telling you, as they let that man know exactly what they thought of that. So they dropped that bill, rewrote a new one, and then they still put an expiration date on it. And oh, by the way, it expired. And so now you get cities wanting to write law, putting men in the women's room. And nobody's going to stop it. You know why? Because they're worried about money. But I do remember telling the chief of staff, I said, it sounds like everything you said, and I know I said this before, everything you said happens to be Charlotte losing money. I said, they made their bed, let them lie in. He says, well, we got to look out for the whole state. I said, the rest of the state's on just fine, aren't they? But anyhow. Isaiah 5, 20 through 23 Woe in them to call evil good and good evil. We see that today. To put darkness for light and light for darkness. To put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. That's a mouthful. God says woe to them. So rulers are to be diligent. 
Rulers are to be wise was our first point. And then our last point is guarding our thoughts and speech regarding rulers. Verse 20. Curse not the king, no, not in thy thought. And curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. For the bird of the air shall carry thy voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. Be careful what you're thinking. It says, curse not, or don't be trifling. Exodus 22, 28. Thou shalt not revile the gods, nor curse the rulers of thy of the, of uh, ruler of thy people. Acts 23, verse 5, then said God, uh, Paul, I wish not, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, thou shalt, not, thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. We need to remember, rulers are ordained of God. Romans 13, 1, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be ordained of God. It bothers me that, and sometimes I even see Christians doing this, being very flippant in what they say about those in authority. I do not agree with the policies of the current administration of the White House. I think that probably goes without saying, right? But understand, Joe Biden still holds the office of the President of the United States. I went Monday to a precinct meeting so that I can go to the county convention and the district convention, but I'm not going to the state convention. And I might not go to the others. We'll see, but I wanted to go anyhow to the precinct meeting. And it happened to be over at headquarters, GOP headquarters in Westbrook. And I said to the chairman of the party, I said, it's a real shame that we do exactly what we get on the Democrats for, and I don't think that that flag in the window is in good taste and needs to come down. She agreed, so I'm hoping it got taken down. And some of you have driven by and know which flag I'm talking about hanging in the window there. If you don't, it looks like a race flag says, let's go, Brandon, and you all know what they actually mean when that's said. How can we claim that we're going to take the high ground and then do exactly what we yell at the other side for doing? In my opinion, it makes us look foolish. And also, I, more importantly, I believe it dishonors God because like the individual or not, the office he holds still deserves respect. So then it says, Encourage not the rich in thy bedchamber, or you the most secret place. Do not speak evil even in the most secret place. It says, For a bird of the air shall carry thy voice. We need to honor the position. We need to pray for our leaders. Let me ask a question. When's the last time you and your prayer included Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? Because, you know... If they would turn their heart to Jesus Christ, he would save them too. And I promise you, if our president and vice president knew Jesus Christ is their savior, that we would see some changes being made in the way their decision making is going. Wouldn't you believe that? That's the wrong attitude. 
God can always change somebody. God can always change somebody, and this is not up for discussion. But we need to still pray for him. God can change the heart. And by the way, God can break a heart of stone. He has. You can go through history and see many examples of people who were adamant against God. But the Holy Spirit kept working on them, and eventually they received Christ as Savior. Rulers are to be wise. Rulers are to be diligent. I like a leader who leads from the front, not from behind. <clears throat> We're to guard our reaction to rulers. By the way, my attitude towards government officials has changed after four years of serving as city commissioner. You know why? I've walked in their shoes. And I'm not saying, oh, nobody understands what it's like unless you do it. But let me tell you something. There's some things, like anything, unless you walked in somebody's shoes, you can't fully understand it. So how about we pray for them instead of always criticizing? And let's be wise in the way we treat them. Let's close with a word of prayer.